is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we hung out with James Bassey of the band Between You and Me over Zoom video. Bassey is an absolute legend. Due to the time difference, he got up at like four in the morning to do this podcast, and he was awesome. Born and raised in Melbourne in Australia and tells us about how he got into music. He talks about the bands he was in prior to Between You and Me. He tells us how he was uh, offered to join the band. At the time, the band had never played a show and they had released just one song. So every song after Cavalier, Bassey played on. Bassey talked about the band's early success, getting signed to Hopeless Records, putting out their first two albums, their very public split with Hopeless Records, what it's like to be an independent band again. And he tells us all about the big U.S. tour that the band's going on, as well as the new songs they have been releasing, with the most recent one being Yeah. You can watch the interview with Bassey on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Between You and Me. Awesome, man. Well, I'm Adam, by the way, and uh, this is about you, uh, your journey in music, the band, and uh, the new music you've been putting out. Uh, and I heard there's an EP, and I don't know if it's too much information. We can cut that part. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we haven't said yes or no on that. Okay. Talking. Let's just talk about it if you want to talk about it. All mind. right, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, first of all, you're in Melbourne, but were you born and raised there? Yeah, born and raised, baby. Okay. What was it like growing up in Melbourne? It was great. Melbourne is my favorite city in the world. Um, we got to tour a lot of places and they're pretty cool, but I don't know, living in Melbourne is just like, it feels like so much like home. Like it doesn't matter where I am. Like the moment I le we land and we drive over this certain bridge on the way home, I just feel like instant peace. <laughs> really? I love yeah. that. So you'll you'll stay there. You'll stay there forever. You think? I mean, I, I've tried. I, I like. I wouldn't mind living other places, but like every time I'm here, it's just like I don't know. It's like yeah. putting on your favorite pair of pants, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, and, and being in Australia, just as far as I know, like the touring could be difficult, right? I mean, oh, there's only there's a few major cities, but they're all like pretty spread apart. Yeah, so like you're really only playing Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane if you really think about it on a tour mm -hmm. and then if you don't, you can't afford to fly at the start, you're driving like 10 out, 10 hours between Melbourne and Sydney and then 12 hours between Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah. And there's there, <laughs> and then, in between there, there's not, there's just not anything. There, there is places, but like if you're coming up, there's not really like, you're probably not going to have a lot of people listening to you from like the, the regional the, states, uh, regional cities, I guess. So, okay. Um, yeah, I remember I mean, one time we we had to make it home for work. Like we played a Saturday night, and we had to be home for work on Monday morning after a tour with Tonight Alive, and we drove straight up the set from Brisbane straight to Melbourne. 
like oh. 18, 19 hours. It was, it was crazy. Oh my <laughs> we, gosh. We that was so, probably a fun we day at work. So tired. Was, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess the money was worth it now. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Well, do you come from a, a musical household at all? Do you have creative people in the, in the house? Anyone play an instrument? I grew up going to church and my parents were in the church choir. Oh, cool. um, and my dad played, played guitar like while I was growing up and, um, but not like anything outside of that. And then mm-hmm. I, he had like this beat up. It was like this horrendous little guitar that just like lived in the cupboard. And, like the bridge was pulling the wood up off the body. Like it was separated. Oh, like and I just action was just like, yeah, I just used to fuck around there all the time. And like, it'd make like, you could literally, it literally is like acoustic guitar, but the, the, the body had come like the top part had come off the body. So you could use it as like a whammy bar. It was going to break, but like, I, that's, that was my, my beginnings of like loving to create sounds, I guess. Yeah. What drew you to the guitar? Just the fact that it was there. Yeah. It was just like in my bedroom, but it lived in like the cupboard. Like that was where they stored like all the old stuff, I guess. And, I'm like your making dad- chaos. And that was yeah. something that helped me. <laughs> was he playing it at all? Did, like, did he play in the church? Uh, he had, a, he had, a, he had like a different guitar that he would play. But like, um, and then I saw, saw photos of him younger playing guitar. But just like he would just dabble around, so it wasn't like crazy in your face. But mm-hmm. like, it would show me music like the Eagles and Dire Straits and stuff oh, like cool. that. Did he yeah. kind of help you with chords or anything when you were trying to learn the guitar? Um, he asked me if I wanted to learn, but I actually started teaching him after I started learning because I realized he didn't know as much as like I had already learned once I started learning guitar. So like I kind of started teaching him a little bit, which is cool. Oh, that is cool. Did you take lessons yeah. then or was it just you messing around? Yeah, I started, he, so they asked, my parents asked me if I wanted to learn guitar mm-hmm. when I was like 10 or 11 okay. and then they put me into guitar lessons and I actually hated it at the start. Like, I just hated practicing. I just wanted to become Joe Satriani instantly. (laughs) (laughs) And then it wasn't until, like, I joined my first high school band that I actually started practicing and wanting to be good and, like, actually skillful at guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not that I'm saying I am, but, like, that was the (laughs) driving factor. Yeah, the hope, right? I mean, you are obviously skillful in in this uh, music stuff, but um, I was going to ask you like when you're going to lessons was it just boring because you're like i don't want to learn how to play the scales and like just getting the the chords yeah. down and all that or in yeah in, pretty much just it was say, just like yeah like i would literally like bluff my way through guitar lessons like he was like have you practiced this today and they're like yeah and then i just try and wing it and even though i didn't know, like i didn't have the skills to wing it <laughs> and he just looked <laughs> like you know you need to practice like you can't cheat me i've been playing guitar for like 30 years like <laughs> oh man would you bring him songs that you wanted to learn Say hey, yeah, like, so can you after, teach like, me this? after like the um initial basics were under like I got that under lock and key, we started learning different songs that I wanted to learn. Um yeah. Yeah, you so remember like, any, once, like, once I learned power chords, it was oh, over. Sure. It was over from yeah. there. What were you um, what were you listening to that you were trying to learn? I remember once I bought my first electric guitar, I was, my cousin burnt me a copy of some 41 fat lips single. Okay. I like four songs in it. And I used to learn that and then like, pre- pretend to be Derek in my bedroom mirror. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I used to pretend like I was Billy Joe from Green Day. So it's uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, <laughs> and you said you uh joined a band in high school i joined a band, band. Like, you yeah, joined a band in high school. friends me and some friends started a band in high school and uh we would just like play covers like i remember the first song i ever played live was the ataris in this diary oh that's awesome and and um i thought like every guitar amp because i only played through practice amps or whatever they all had like a distortion switch so we played like this school assembly and there was only a keyboard amp and i'm like oh this amp doesn't have distortion oh well i guess i'm just gonna play it like this <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. played just clean clean guitar just version of it super clean ataris in this diary <laughs> rhythm oh, guitar that's amazing that's so good um <laughs> did you guys play for very long or was that just like kind of a short-lived like cover band Oh, very short lived. Like I got actually got kicked out of the band because I didn't think I was serious. <laughs> oh, really? How funny is that? Do they are they still playing yeah. at all? Or are you just the only one? That's uh, no, music? not at all. Not at all. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and then did you like from there? You were from what I was reading. I believe were you in a different band before? Yeah. So uh, um, okay. Jai and I, Jai, uh, Jai rhythm guitarist, left handed, and uh, me used to play in a band called Sidelines. Mm -hmm. And basically, when that fizzled out. We were looking for a singer, looking for new bands, and Jai ended up joining between you and me. And then he asked me to come on tour to fill in on bass because their bass player uh, couldn't do the tour. And then became friends, and that was it. Wow. Okay. So they were already a band, like doing yeah, things. They, if they were touring and everything at that point. They had just put out their first single, and um, were going on their first tour. Yeah. That was the first show. The first show they actually played as a band. I wasn't in the band, but I was playing the show. <laughs> oh, really? How crazy! Yeah. <laughs> so the, the the first uh, show ever for the band, the mm. original bass player didn't wasn't there. Yeah, so he, so he was actually the other guitarist in our old band, but he got offered a job overseas, and he had to take the offer because it was a sick offer. Um, and then oh, wow. yeah, so then, and then this tour came up. And yeah, he he actually messaged me. I was like, "Can you go fill in for me?" I'm like, "Of course." Um, and then yeah, and then me and Jake hit it off on that tour, and they knew Simo was going to be away for a long time, so they just asked me to join. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Yeah. So at that point, you were in, you, like you said, you were in another band. Were you guys just playing locally? Did you know the guys? Um, yeah, we did. Between we did you and like, me? we uh, yeah, I actually like met them randomly at like an old practice studio because. A friend of mine was trying out to be the bass player. No way. And then the first practice, I walked into the room and I saw Jamie's drum kit. And I'm like, I've met you before at this practice studio with this guy. And they're like, that's hilarious. So like a friend of mine had actually tried out to be the bass player in between you and me, like a long time before, like, because they were looking for people to join, to make the band for like, at least four years, maybe five years before, like I, like the, this iteration of between you and me. Wow. Well, it's wild yeah. that you had that they hadn't played a show. It was just like all just trying to get the band going before playing. Yeah, out. so they they were doing like they were writing a lot, but they didn't have like a full lineup, and I think they just weren't playing shows. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were doing covers, waiting to find like a full lineup. And then when Jai joined, they started writing originals, or like they were writing originals, but like in this vein of music. And then. Yeah, and that was there. We, a friend, 
so our old like inside lines, we had like a friend who was managing us, but who was also a promoter, and he would bring over bands like Neck Deep and oh wow, um, kids in glass houses and stuff like that. And then he showed Between You and Me's music to him, and that's basically how the ball started rolling. Wow! Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, you guys are such a talented band, and the sound you have is you know in line with all those those artists. And but I mean, yeah. Neck Deep is huge, and like all those bands were probably big. I mean, there even, was, like so at the Neck time, Deep, even like 2018, right? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. So Neck Deep's first ever tour outside the UK was in Australia. Okay. And, wow. And so the the band I was in before I was in the band with Jai opened that show in Melbourne. And oh, then wow. I ended up joining the band with Jai. And then we, the next time they came back, we did, we did like the support slot on that tour. That's and crazy. And that was Stage Neck Deep and sidelines and then we got to do that tour again and toured both we now we've toured with the state champs in the us and the uk and neck deep as well at home so that's so it's been been a while so like when we when we got the tour with neck deep or state champs it's like we've i've known them for so long that like it's crazy that we just talk about like the old times like we're friends (laughs) yeah i love that i've had ben on my podcast and and all the guys in state champs and such great people um and then now you just did a your own headliner and mm. sold it out, right? And then you have another tour coming up with Broadside, which is awesome. I've had Ollie on a couple of times. They're a great band. Yeah. And then we just announced the US yesterday. That's so awesome, man. Mm. So Sorry, we're cool. not coming to Nashville. I know you're not. I saw that. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> I'm trying to get Ollie to move here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, come on, dude. He's like in Florida, I think. And I'm like, gotta get gotta get out gotta get to nashville but um i was gonna say uh okay so you joined the band they were hadn't played a show so you Mm. said they had released a single but that was that ep out yet or no no just one song yeah it was just cavalier the first single and then when i after that tour we started working on the ep this episode is brought to you by dragon ball legends the ultimate Dragon Ball experience on your mobile device. Dragon Ball Legends features action-packed anime action RPG gameplay with Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, and all your favorite Dragon Ball characters. Summon your favorite characters from popular Dragon Ball anime series, such as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT to Dragon Ball Super. Fight in real time against friendly or rival Dragon Ball players from across the globe in live PvP battles. Enter ratings matches with your favorite Dragon Ball characters and earn rating points and rewards. Unite with friends to defeat powerful foes in co-op. Dragon Ball Legends features the best anime fighting scenes on your mobile device. And now, Legends Festival is on, so you can get up to 300 free summon tickets. Are you ready? Download Dragon Ball Legends today. Available for free on both iOS and Android devices. Right out the gate, I mean, it sounds like if you if they're touring on or you guys were touring on the first single, mm. you know, people like liked that song, right? And it was like, okay, yeah. hit the ground running. Let's see what we can do. And were you yeah. build, building an audience pretty quickly? Yeah, we got we got offered offered a lot off that um, first single. We did a lot of like international opening slots in Melbourne. Like whenever a band would come through, we got a lot of that. Um, and then 
our first big tour we did, uh, I think it was like a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a week or two after we dropped the EP. Um, we toured with with Confidence in Rome, and we were oh, hoping that. that well. um, wow. And that was huge for us. That was absolutely massive. I remember turning to Jai one night and going, I can't believe it. I'm like, I hope we get to do more of this. And now we're headlining overseas. So it's pretty crazy. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, with... I mean, with the EP, I know you guys are doing stuff independently now, which is mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, that's so awesome that you have the you know, ability to yeah. do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely fun. It's definitely a lot more. We have to be on top of ourselves a lot more because we get pretty lazy. So <laughs> apart from that, but yeah, it's good. It's it's awesome. It's just like we need, we lose the, not that we lose the drive. It's just like hard to stay on top because we're also trying to, do other things to make it work. You know what I mean? So like, right. Really, and then it's like, we do all this other stuff to make the band and like write songs and like have money to do everything that sometimes you get stuck in like the working part that you forget to write songs. Yeah. You're kind of <laughs> stuck in that business, right? Yeah. The business and trying to get it, all that stuff taken care of. And then yeah. it's like, Oh shit, I also have to write, we got to write some songs and, and you know, continue <laughs> putting new music out, but you got to get all the ducks yeah. in a row as well. Uh, but cu- getting on uh, hopeless, obviously that that's uh, yeah an incredible label to to be a part of. I'm sure. And and was that a that must have been such a big deal to get signed? Oh yeah, for sure. I remember. So they had already had a small conversation with them, or they were in talks before I joined the band. So like they didn't tell me anything. Oh and my then gosh, within, they had like, already attracted their attention, like with just yeah, because one like that song. manager. So the manager that was managing us was with conferences manager as well at the time. Okay. And they had just signed. So like, he was just like, Oh, I got this other band. If you guys want to listen to it. And then they also had all the YouTube videos and stuff. So they had an audience like kind of waiting for them to release music of their own. Um, so then when we did sign, it was crazy because of like newfound glory, the yellow card, yeah. like they, all these bands that like I grew up listening to uh-huh probably still signed for a little bit to the label but when we got signed at like some 41 like so they're definitely a legacy labeled like coming up wanting to be signed to them and they definitely did a lot for us like we wouldn't be probably be in the position that we're in now without that initial boost from them for sure yeah people I took mean, it seriously, people took it seriously. Say- band from australia it's just like a australian band signed to the u.s label they must mean they must do something okay so yeah, I mean, it was like in the time when, I mean, labels were important and not that they aren't now, but I mean, to an extent, you can do it on your own. And a lot of people mm-hmm. are nowadays. It's like, well, I don't need a label anymore because I have my fan base and and it's I can do everything myself. But, uh, but you know, if a band got signed to Hopeless or got signed to Drive Through or something like Fat Records, like those were bands that I'd see and be like, oh, you know, this band just got signed to Hopeless. Let me go check them out. It was like, having that seal mm. of kind of an approval from this label that had signed all these bands that I liked listening to, I feel like helped. It might've helped For quite sure. a bit with other people. Right. For sure. Yeah. Our first U S tour was because not because of that, but like people, uh, the guitarist from like Pacific heard our record and I'm assuming he heard it through that coming up, like seeing it, on his feed that he wouldn't have seen like an Australian band poster from their page. He would have seen like a record label or someone from that mm-hmm. label share that he might've known. So like it definitely opened a lot of doors for us that we didn't think were viable at the time because we were trying to get a US tour for so long. And the only reason we got it was because 
the guitarist from like Pacific heard our record and wanted us to be on that tour. <laughs> That's crazy. But, I yeah. mean, not having uh, played a show was that. Not, I mean, you had played shows, but as the band and having kind of this mm. attention on you all right that early on was that something that was kind of nerve wracking? Like, okay, now we have this attention. Like, are we going to be able to, you know, pull yeah. this? Not pull it off, but like, you know, continue I think, that. I think having. For me personally, anyway, I think having like, there was like 12 bands I played in before I joined between you and me. Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest in the band. So like I had a few years under my sleeve, but this was Jake's first band. So I think like the differences in our experiences at the start would be a lot different. But mm -hmm. I remember like specifically on that first tour we did at home, we were supporting our close friends, but their band ended up um, disbanding the, that first ever tour that we did. But I remember there's photos of like, we're all like trying to look cool <laughs> and Jake's just got his hat just like pointed down so you can't see his face. And he's like standing there with the mic and now he just jumps around like a crazy man. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's come a long way and he's like confidence now on stage is, was not there when we started. It was something that he definitely honed and yeah. he got a taste for it. And then he was just like, now he doesn't let it go. And he's like, that's one of the best front men I've ever watched. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause he did, he came from like you guys found him what on YouTube or something right? Yeah, the twins found him on YouTube. Just he was doing his own covers, and then because like like I said, they they did they did a lot of work trying to find members and singers, and like they would go to open mic nights and they would go watch um, like uh, what's it called the voice trials of the people that like didn't get through like they'd try and like talk to them and stuff like that they did a lot of work trying to Whoa. get this band off the ground off the That's ground really actually they moved from their small hometown which is like eight hours from melbourne to melbourne just there's a more population just to find they were dedicated to like making this band work so it took wow. them a while but they they finally got it working so they must feel like a completely different sense of like accomplishment as well Right. But I mean, playing in 12 bands before this one, at what point are you like, okay, is this really going to work out for me? You know, it's I mean? pretty much like the exact point where I joined between you and me was the time when I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to do like my own solo project, like with my friend. Let's just work on that. And then that's when I got a call from James, the other guitarist who was playing bass. And he's like, hey, I'm going overseas. Do you want to fill in for this tour? I'll be back. I was like, yeah, cool. And then he never came back. <laughs> And wow. I went and did that tour and like, it was just like, I'm going to go have fun. And then me and Jake kind of like hit it off and Jake asked me to be in the band. And then, yeah, now you've, yeah, the rest now of you've done everything since, right? I mean, now we uh, absolutely hate each other. <laughs> uh, so after, I mean, the first record is awesome. And then going into having another album with them, was it one of yeah. those things where you're like, okay, is this going to work again? Or not even thinking about that? Just keep moving forward. Yeah. So that, the whole second album experience was we, we knew it was important mm -hmm. um, and we like having COVID come in through the, the middle of it. Like we were about to go in and record in Canada. We had all these songs um, and we we're ready to go and record. And then we had to fly home. And then it gave us like all this time to basically work on the songs again and re and write more songs because we had an indefinite timeline of how, when it was going to be. Yeah, um, so what, you had a batch ready and then, because you, you worked with the same producer on the, the new songs, right? The couple yeah, that yeah. put out. But um, so you, you get this producer, he's in Canada. It's what, the beginning of 2020 or? Yeah, beginning of 2020, we head to the US, we do a tour. 
and that tour we only took so we could ma- like make some money to go into the studio okay just to like make it worthwhile instead of just like losing a bunch of money going over right and then yeah we had a batch of songs and i think only two of the songs that were in that batch stayed on the final record so oh, we could wow. have had a completely different record without COVID. that's crazy like and we so wouldn't that- have had we would have had armageddon goldfish and something else and like like everything else was written stuck got started writing when we were in a house in toronto or when we got back oh my yeah. gosh so when COVID hits, are you st- are you in Canada at that point? We're in, we're in uh, Cleveland, and then we drove straight over the border to Canada so we could um, make oh, sure we, we were there. That was like two weeks before we were supposed to do the record. And then we got an Airbnb for a week, and then it was like the government was like, you have to come home or else we're going to close the borders kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, and then you come home, and you're there for, what, a couple of years? <laughs> right. Yeah, then we're there for like nine months. Nine months, uh, yeah, twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, I think that that we recorded it in like November of that year of twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, about nine. And like he, we flew in, he flew in. Like we literally timed it perfectly. We got out of a lockdown. He flew in, and then when he left, we basically went back into another lockdown. So we like somehow timed it perfectly. Oh wow! <laughs> so did he fly out to Australia? To do the record? Yeah, so he flew out to Australia to do the record. We flew him out. Um, we had to, like, write a letter to the government to say, like, no one else in Australia could do this job. We needed this one specific person. Yeah, his <laughs> flight into Australia was, like, four connections. It was, like, Toronto to, like, Vietnam, Vietnam to Hawaii or something, like, something crazy. And then oh he had God. to do two weeks of quarantine when he got here in a hotel. And then we did the record and then... He flew home and had to do two weeks of quarantine. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so when when were you working on the album like um, amongst yourselves? As far as like were you sending tracks back and forth? Like how were you able to work on it? Were, yeah. At that point, were you able to kind of get together a little bit? Yeah. So we basically none of us were working because we couldn't go and do our jobs. Basically, um, sure. so we had a lot of time at home, and we were all just writing and sending ideas across. And uh, I remember writing the baseline to super villain i just moved house and i just set up my stuff i bought a new guitar and i was like oh, let's see what happened and i was fucking around on my laptop and then i wrote the baseline to super villain and basically recorded the baseline of the whole song and the drums i tapped out the drums and then send that to jake and then two days later he just sends back like all of the lyrics and that kind of kick-started like everyone like everyone started getting hyped around new songs and everyone would pass around songs and stuff like that so Definitely helped keep morale up in that time because yeah. we're getting up to this record and we're like, man, maybe we're actually going to pull off like a cool second record. It's going to be dope. And we were all so hyped on the song. We all, every song that we put on the record, we thought every single one of them could be a single. So it was hard to pick singles as well. Yeah, it's, it's a great. I mean, it is such a good album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love yours truly too. So I thought that's cool mm-hmm. that you have that song with uh, with them. Yeah, we um, we're looking for. We'll, wanting to have a feature on the record and um michaela is like one of our close friends like jake jake's girlfriend and her best friend so oh, wow. we're very close okay. we're very close with yours truly our first two tours off the back of our first record we did with yours truly oh no way okay <laughs> yeah, yeah and, Ma- and michaela's great i have i've had her on here too like um 
there they they've done some really cool stuff they've got on some yeah. tours re- recently too um yeah yeah that's a great song i mean the whole album i really like and i love the the songs that you guys have just put out you know recently it's got that like acoustic kind of feel to it. it's a little bit yeah. different um yeah. tell me yeah, about um, the the new stuff that you guys have been working on and and i want to talk to you guys about doing the independent thing as well yeah for sure you did that um i remember we were working we've been writing ever since like we finished armageddon cycle we're coming back and we're like all right we got to start doing some new songs start working on something and we again like the old songs like if it wasn't for like a little bit of a pressure cooker situation or like something crazy happening we wouldn't have them and never mind then i mean yeah we're yeah has been around for since Armageddon, I think we were working on it to put it on Armageddon, but it just didn't fit Whoa. the vibe of that record. I remember Jake coming in and he's like, "I've I've done it." He's like, because he's been listening to a lot of like '90s rock, uh-huh. and like third eye blind, like early 2000s, late '90s. Um, oh yeah, it does kind of have that like, vibe, like that. This big chorus um, on it. <laughs> yeah, big chorus songs, and like he's just like a. He was like, "I'm just getting tired of like singing a thousand words a song, so I'm just going to write less words." <laughs> <laughs> um, and he he had been fighting for that song to be out for a long time, and we finally nailed it. I think when we when we started recording this batch, so like Nevermind and that, I uh, definitely Nevermind was a song that was written like a week before we actually went into the studio. We were supposed to go in and do another song, and Jake's like, "I've got this chorus. What do you reckon?" And then we just scrapped. <laughs> excuse me, we scrapped the other song and did that one instead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wow. can't even remember what the other song was. <laughs> okay so you never did you end up recording that song or you, no we, you we have like forgot. demos of it somewhere but like never mind was just so much better so we just ran with that yeah i love that you that you're done and that's happened before as well with famous famous was a similar thing we were going in to record another song then i demoed famous sent it to jake he sent back the lyrics and then that was it and then you guys went <laughs> with that one instead wow yeah. <laughs> and you got the same so, producer to work on the two that you put out yeah so we Blew him back. So the, but the never mind, we did that without. So Jack is a guy that's in Melbourne who records a lot of other bands that I've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he assisted on Armageddon. Like he was oh, okay. assistant engineering on that. So then we basically got him to produce and engineer it in Melbourne. And then we sent the stems off to Sam and he basically co-produced and mixed it. So they worked as a team this time. Like they're the best team together. They're just like, they're on the same wavelength. Sam actually wanted to get Jack to move to Toronto. So he could like work with him all the time. <laughs> it was like trying to convince him the whole time we'll doing the record. That's like, <laughs> he's like in Toronto. He's like, you know what? This is a great yeah. place. to live. The funny thing about between you and me, like everyone that works with us ends up like, like finding it someone else. Like, it's really fun to see. Like we have like drivers that have worked for us and stuff. And now they're just like driving for some of the biggest bands that you, you know, like, people that had teamed for us earlier, just like damning bands that toured with us, like just touring as well. So it's, it's fun. Awesome. You're like a matchmaker. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> somehow I wish we weren't because we wish they were staying work with us, but they get better. I don't know. <laughs> Full transparency here. If it wasn't for HelloFresh, my family would be eating out every single night. How's it going? It is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and we absolutely love HelloFresh in this household. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh 
pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Say hello to a stress-free holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes once again delivered right to your door. And check this out. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfast to start your morning off right, and uh, we'll get to breakfast here in a second. I got a code for you if breakfast for life sounds good. But easy breakfast to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love, HelloFresh has tasty choices for every meal occasion. And the best part? No trips to that grocery store are required at all for HelloFresh. Just last night, I cooked my family the chili pork and cabbage stir-fry with crispy fried onions. Came with everything I needed in the bag, a little jasmine rice, some green onions, sweet Thai chili sauce, some ponzu sauce, sweet soy glaze, the ground pork, the red cabbage and carrot mix, the crispy fried onions. And I love that they include all of these spices as well because that's such a nightmare. I mean, you, you're like, oh, I don't have any garlic powder. Let me go buy this 95-ounce bucket of garlic powder so I can use like two teaspoons. Super easy to make. Took me 20 minutes, five minutes to prep the meal, and my family was satisfied. We love HelloFresh. Super easy. Don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, trying to figure out what I'm going to make. They send me my meals to my house with everything I need to make dinner for my family. And let's get into that breakfast. Go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards free and use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. Free. That's right. Free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life. At HelloFresh.com slash backwards free. Use the code backwards free. B-A-C-K-W-A-R-D-S-F-R-E-E. HelloFresh.com slash backwards free for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Again, I'll cut this out if you don't want it in, but are you put like you have more songs that are done yeah, and ready to go? Or so essentially what happened was we released Nevermind and then we we started writing a few more songs and then we ended up flying Sam back over to Australia and we did like two and a half weeks in a house. We got a house down by the beach and we we're just recording every day, writing every day. And um, we ended up with six more songs, I think. Wow. So we got, got an EP um, and it's just a matter of getting them mixed and how we're going to release them. Yeah, so we've been working on that EP. Some of the songs haven't been... Oh, some of the songs are just getting finished vocally, so we've been working on them since then. Um, sorry if you can hear the cat meowing, by the oh, way. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we got a bunch. There's, like, some cool, I don't know, there's, like, a what I would say, like, Butterflies Part 2, Supervillain Part 2. And oh, then cool. just, like, oh, like, I don't know, this, like, heavy emo kind of, I don't know, it's, like, we called it Corn... Corn slash Coldplay as the demo, so I don't know what we we're thinking, but <laughs> interesting. That's really interesting. 
because like those two the two that you've done thus far they they're definitely a bit stylistically different than most sure. of the songs uh that you sure. had prior on the ep it was like well it's an ep we can basically like people are like, expecting us to put out new music but i th- feel like if we take more risks now and they kind of pay off then people might enjoy it if we put it on like a full body of work kind of thing you know what i mean yeah yeah, like, yeah. Shock, scare them with the EP, and if they get too scared, we can always save them with the record. <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like having, you know, splitting with uh, Hopeless and being independent now, these you can, like, I'm sure you probably feel you can take more risk and just kind of do yeah, whatever um, you guys want. I mean, the, our whole relationship with Hopeless was like we could basically do whatever we want. Obviously, they wanted, like, we heard that, like, they would talk to our producers and stuff about trying to guide us into like the pop punk side, which happened and worked well for us. We do mm-hmm. it really well. I think yeah, you do. Right? I think yeah, we, yeah. Do it, we do it relatively well, but um, we listen to a lot of music like through our band. Like we listen to like from R and B to like death metal. It's like everyone listens to different types of music. So like coming mm-hmm. together and writing and melding all our ideas. That's when we really get the, um, the between you and me sound, I guess, whatever it is like, is everyone pulls ideas from so many different places. Um, taking liberties with the EP, like there's a lot of like Jake starting songs now where at the start when we would write, it, Chris would write a lot of the music and we would write to Chris's music. But now Jake's bringing whole songs. I'm bringing whole songs. Jai's bringing not whole songs, but like full bodies of music and then giving it to Jake. And like, then we like alter it a little bit. So we always had creative freedom, I would say like, um, and I guess it is a lot easier to take the risk of putting out a song like Yeah over a song like, I don't know, mm-hmm. Good Intentions, which is like a straight up punk beat song. But I feel like the energies are transferable. You know what I mean? Like the energies of the song may not sound similar, but like in its essence is the exact, comes from the exact same place. Sure, sure. And with like, with the independent thing, like, was that, um, were you guys kind of like, like, are we making the best decision? Like, that must have been quite a conversation between all of you. Um, I think at the time there was a lot of stuff happening. We felt like we were already basically independent. Okay. <laughs> like when, like when the whole Armageddon dropped. I don't know if, how much you know about our switch from Hopeless, but it was pretty public. <laughs> yeah, I saw quite a bit. Um, yeah. Um, and we thought we. It wasn't like that. There was direct bad blood with anybody working there. It was just like mm-hmm. the entity that was Hopeless Records felt like it was shafting a good thing, what we thought was a good thing. Like, yeah. I don't know, there was times when we thought no one had even listened to our record, you know what I mean, from the label. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if that's true or not. It's just like that's how it was coming across. Um, and then we'd ask questions about stuff and we'd get answers and we'd just tell people the truth and then kind of escalated from there. Yeah. So having the split was just like a little bit less of a headache. Uh-huh. I think in the end, it was just like instead of having a middleman to go through, like, can we put, when are we putting this out? Or like them coming to us and telling us that we need to do something, but we're on tour for the next two months and we don't have time. Like, I don't know how we're going to do that. Now we, there's a lot of, we can take a step back and really focus and hone in, which is a double edged sword though, because again, like I said, it's hard for us to stay focused a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, that sounds like, yeah, that would be rough. I mean, you you you're coming out of a pandemic with an album that you're supposed to record a year before, and then you said it changed quite a bit, obviously, which is I'm sure you guys are still better as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and again, like our energy, like I said, our, we were so stoked on it that when we sent it to the label and we heard through our manager that they 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 think it's good. I'm like, they think it's good. Like we fucking think this thing fucking rocks. Rips. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, we, like like as if someone's not messaging us, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe you guys have written these songs." Because we can't believe that we wrote these songs. Like. We yeah. can't believe these came out of our brain. This is crazy. <laughs> and I could see how wanting like that validation, right? It's like, we just worked our asses off on this record and it's the best thing we've ever done. And we're just getting a, yeah, it's good. Like, okay. Yeah. But and, I mean, uh, like, again, it could be lost in translation, but like, this is, I'm just saying, this is how we were feeling at the time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so to have, and then, the, yeah, and now, then once you went independent, it was like, cool, we're going to, we're going to sail the ship alone. Like, let's go. Because like yeah. we were putting a lot of our own money into like PR and and stuff like that, so we feel like we had no like we knew what we needed to do to get it done because we did it with Armageddon basically. So it's just right. Like, it worked, right? Yeah, it was yeah, like it okay, worked. now so we like, don't like, have to go it through anyone. We don't have to get any like okays. It's just we're yeah. gonna put we want to put out Nevermind. We're gonna do it like tomorrow. Yeah, and it was just whatever. I love that. Yeah. Exactly. So like having that. Yeah, the split was refreshing for us because it kind of gave us a little a little boost because like oh brand new waters let's let's try this let's try and nail it like we should get really rich if we just like own everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. no 100 like, no, yeah you own you like, own everything you can yeah. yeah do whatever you want put songs out whenever exactly. you want yeah. and just having it's that been, freedom it's been fun a lot of a lot of work goes on behind the scenes a lot of people take on different roles in the band now <laughs> Jai's like, if we didn't have Jai, we, our business would be in the toilet. Like he's like so switched on with like business stuff and making sure we have money, making sure like he's getting the cheapest possible option for like stuff for touring, but also most reliable. Like he's very meticulous and knows how to run a business. So it's very helpful having someone like that. So like everyone yeah. takes on different hats outside of like us playing on stage and us playing on stage is like the payoff. It's like a Christmas party every year, but we get to do it like, that's awesome <laughs> and you guys are starting the tour in san diego at least the north american one and that's yeah, where i'm yeah. originally from which is awesome we're doing soma which is hell yeah yeah so really the first time we ever went to san diego we um we parked our rv outside of soma and like our friend was working so we got to have showers and stuff and we like walked around the building and we're like how there would it be to play here and then we're now Agent was like, "Oh, we're playing so you're doing so much in San Diego because we really wanted to do San Diego because we it's like one of our favorite cities as a band. That's awesome. It's like, oh, we're doing so much. We're just like, fuck, that was that place that we saw. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like it was like night. an old movie theater that they converted into this venue. Yeah, so very cool. And like Blink One Eight Two history there. I was like Blink One Eight Two is one of my favorite bands of all time. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, very this cool. old Soma man was a uh, was yeah, it's so historic and so legendary in San Diego. Yeah. But that's amazing. Yeah, kicking off there, and then you're doing a whole tour, and then actually coming, you were end at the Chain Reaction, which is another like you know iconic exactly. venue. Uh, but you're doing, yeah. you're going like in a loop. It's like you're coming all the way back to Southern California to 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 end it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the cheapest way for us to fly in and out of the country, so. Why not play two <laughs> are you flying into san diego or are you flying into la or i think we'll fly into la and then out of la but yeah. the thing is we we'll be coming straight from the uk because the uk tour finishes like a week before that oh man that's gonna be busy so dude maybe we could have flown into new york but it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> well if you're playing san diego yeah well, yeah i mean like we go, could have go into, into like, oh yeah, yeah rap the tour of yeah. new york i got you <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bassy, for doing this, man. I know it's super early for you and I appreciate you doing this. And uh, I love the new songs that you have out. I can't wait to to hear the even newer stuff that you've got recorded. Easy. Thank you, dude. Thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate it. I, I, the, the new songs are fucking cool. I think people will like them. They're more, the ones that haven't been released are like more in that Armageddon vein, I would say. Awesome. Very, yeah. very cool. I have one more question for you before I let you go. I want to know yeah, if you have uh, any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, just love what you do. Like you have to love playing music and playing live. And if you love it, then everything else will be relatively easy, I would say. <laughs> love what you do. Because, like, love it. If you love it, you won't work a day in your life, basically. Mm-hmm.